0: Hello, the biggest welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much for coming to listen. I can't believe you're here, to be honest with you. Um, We just wanted to make a quick little apology um, about the first episode. To be honest, we did struggle a little bit with the audio. We had some technical difficulties. So there are parts in this episode where the audio is a little bit choppy. We are so sorry. We did our very, very best to fix this, but it was a little bit challenging. Please just know that we have ironed this out for our next few episodes, so it does get better but we just wanted to acknowledge that yes we are aware of it and we have worked really hard to make sure that doesn't happen again Um, but apart from that let's get into it
1: hello you're listening to it needs to be said where the conversations are honest and the opinions may get you cancelled
0: so our first episode will be a get to know us. We assume that our only listeners at this point is going to be Marissa's dad and maybe my sister. Um, so we thought we would ask each other some questions, some serious, some silly, to help you guys get to know us a little bit better. But before we get into that, how have you been, Marissa?
1: Yes, good. I've been very busy this week. What have you been Lots doing? to do. Um, well, I've been trying to get this Ellie room sorted. Have I told you about the Ellie room?
0: Yeah, you have, but you've never really
1: explained it. You've just said you've got this Ellie room. Ellie room. Why we call it Ellie room? I yeah, no. Told you. Nah. So when we first started doing our renovations, we had wallpaper everywhere. And this room in particular had about three or four layers of wallpaper. And it was the last room we came to. And we're, we, When I say we, I'm talking like me, Mum, Caleb, Gemma. Dad, my grandparents, like we're all in here trying to scrape this wallpaper off. Okay. And then we so this is the last room, we're exhausted. We've been doing this um fabric softener technique where you literally just drench the walls in fabric softener. Okay. And then you come in after like 20 minutes and it just scrapes straight off. Oh, nice. Is it like fabric softener for a wall or is it liquid? No, softener? like normal fabric softener. Oh, just dilute okay. it a bit with water and then you know those big like pump things, and then you just spray like full Ah, saturate the walls because otherwise you need to get those like big heat I don't even know they're like these big heat things that you put on there and then you have to move it move it Mm. move it move it. and just takes ages plus like obviously all six of us can't do it at the same time so anyways we're working hard this is the last room we're all just like so sick we never want to see wallpaper again and behind literally right where I'm sitting There was a four layers of wallpaper. So we're scraping, scraping, scraping. And then we see that there's some like little scratch drawings with pencil. So we're like, oh, that's weird. And it's between wallpapers. Like it's not actually on the wall. It's on one layer and there's like two layers on top of it. So we're like trying to scratch it really carefully so that we get just the two off and leave the one so we can see what's going on. At this point too, I'm like heavily pregnant. I'm at least six months pregnant. So we are obviously thinking of like baby names. We had like our number one name, but we had some others. So we're scratching, scratching, and then we start to see, and it's like Ellie is, and then we keep scratching, and then there's like this big picture of a tree, mm-hmm. which we have that massive peppercorn tree out the back. So we're like, oh, someone to draw on the peppercorn tree. Scratching, scratching, a noose, a girl hanging from a noose. Oh my god! And the words say, Ellie is death. <laughs> i've got
0: literal goosebumps that is the worst part is that
1: ellie was our second that was caleb's favorite baby name that was our second name on the list so straight away we're like take oh my gosh i'm literally almost about to cry that's so weird and this became the ellie room Ooh! don't call it that (laughs) that's so creepy (laughs) so i am sitting in the ellie room we don't know the context. They could have been playing Hangman. It could be set like Nellie, Kelly. It was e It looked almost like there could have been another letter. Who would Nelly. etch that into
0: a wall unless you were a murderer?
1: Know. Yeah, I don't know. But, like, you know, who knows? Could have been like a friend. They could have been playing Hangman. That's what I tell myself anyways.
0: As you were telling that story, my mind was going to, like, really dark places and then I kept saying, slow me, it's probably fine. It's just Ellie. But I knew it was going to be something creepy. Okay, oh, yeah. so that's why you've had a busy week because you've been that- working on the creepy room. Ellie room. Wow. you're never <laughs> going to hear that without thinking about that now. That's so scary. Yeah. And your week? Oh, yeah, it's been a good week. It's been, I think, busy. I just feel bad saying, oh, it's been busy, I'm so busy because everyone's busy and, like, no one cares that you're busy.
1: You yeah, know but- what I mean? Like I say I'm busy, but I'm not busy. I've also watched like a whole series on Netflix. You are actually busy. I often when you're like, oh, sorry, I can't do this to the- oh, sorry, sorry. I'm thinking, holy hell, you literally every single day you have something on, like your plate is so full. If you're busy, if you're tired, it's warranted. And you had a massive, they had a pretty big weekend. You haven't told me about it yet. How was the hens? How was the yeah,
0: it was good. Yeah. So we had a hens night and a bridal shower on Saturday uh, and it was so much fun. Um, the bride had a really good weekend, so that's all that really mattered. Um, but I go to bed very early most <laughs> nights, so anything past nine is a very late night for me, and we went mm. to bed at like 1.30, which I think oh. is actually still quite early for most people, like Probably. going out. Um, but it's just taken me a long time to catch up on sleep, so this morning I woke up for the first time feeling refreshed nice. from the weekend. So, nice.
1: Yeah, no, it's been a good week. Taken one whole week to recover. Yeah.
0: Okay, should I start?
1: Um, No, let me start. Would you rather be in jail for five years or a coma for a decade? What kind of jail is it? (laughs) Uh, Women's, I'm assuming, and like max security, but you get like maybe let's say three hours outside a day.
0: Okay, three hours outside. Um, Am I allowed to be productive in the jail?
1: Productive like doing a course?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say no okay and what am I in
1: jail for is that gonna stay on my record okay it was for um petty theft but you did it like three times (laughs) okay a non-violent crime that's so hard I don't know why I'm
0: struggling so much with that I think I would do jail yeah
1: same 100% really all day I would love to go to jail
0: yeah but you're like fascinated with crime (laughs) You would just want to talk to the criminals and yeah. interview them. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> what brought you here today? Okay, All right, I'm no going to ask you one. Moving on. Yep.
0: Okay. <clears throat> Why did you want to start this podcast?
1: Mm, interesting. Well, I mean, doing a podcast is something we have talked about before, but not in this way. Yes. You talked about me doing a crime podcast, you doing your podcast, Um. And then it just kind of fizzled. There was no sort of let's do it together. There was nothing really eventuated, but we knew that we both wanted to do it kind of thing and that was all that there was to it. But it was a good opportunity for us to be able to sit down once a week or twice a week with our meetings and catch up, have a chat, talk about things that we are talking about on Marco all the time anyways. And uh, just, yeah, I thought if we don't do it now, then we're never going to do it. But it was so weird. It was like you just mentioned it on Marco and then... It was like three days later we were buying microphones and having meetings and moving forward and I was like, whoa. <laughs> you played a little bit hard to get because I messaged you
0: and I was like maybe we should start a podcast. You are like, no, no, no. I kind of thought it was like a joke. And then I, I mentioned it again on Marco and then you were so in <laughs>
1: Well, like, I I think I didn't think that it was real. Yeah. Or that we would do it. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, 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 whatever. Or no, I don't have anything to bring to a podcast, which I still don't, but, I mean, here (laughs) we are. (laughs) Let's do it anyway. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's good. And
0: you? I think similar to you, probably also just that it's like a fun hobby, Mm. Um, something to work on and have on in the background. I also do want to hear some conversations that aren't so... Politi- uh, politically correct and woke and just left wing. Sure. Um, not that I think we're going to be like a famous podcast or anything like that, but I do think that that was one of the things that we said was that most of the podcasts we listen to of like young girls talking, there's just this, It seems like there's a bit of a political agenda and we just want to have conversations that aren't rooted in left wing propaganda.
1: I think. Yeah. Hundred percent. And there really is nothing like that. There is Well not that I've found not that I've yeah, not that I've found either. Apart from Joe Rogan. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) Caleb's like, you need to stop comparing yourself to Joe Rogan. (laughs) Like we're not comparing. I'm just saying there's nothing there's not Many things out there, especially Australian, especially young girls. There's literally, I'll pay you a hundred bucks to try and find something.
0: Yeah, I've tried to, not not just
1: to see who's our competitors, but just like because I wanted to listen to them and yeah, I couldn't to actually couldn't find like them half decent. <laughs> um, serious. What made you change from podiatry to teaching? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so many things. Number one, well,
0: probably the biggest thing was just that I wasn't intellectually stimulated from podiatry because. It was very uh, repetitive, mundane work, and I wasn't passionate about it. So, mm. I, the the studying of it, it was a four year degree. Studying it was really interesting because obviously I was learning all about the human body, anatomy, pathophysiology, all of those things, which is brand new information. It was you know, really interesting. But then the actual practical side of the job was very, uh, the same thing every day, like just, just very repetitive. I felt like I really wasn't using my brain. And then on top of that, it was also gross. <laughs> so not only <laughs> was I bored, but I was grossed out while I was bored. Mm. And it was just very mind numbing, I think. And I was fine for probably, actually towards the end of my degree, I started already looking up teaching courses. And I remember one of my friends dropped out after three years and you could you could drop out after three years with a bachelor degree because it was a master's that we were doing and then she went and did teaching and I remember her telling me she was doing that and I felt so jealous mm. and then I was like, why do I feel so jealous of something that I can go and do? Like why am I not excited to be a podiatrist? So I think it was in my head from back then and then as I did, but then I thought when I start working, when I'm earning money and I'm out in, my, like in the real world, I'll feel much better. It would be fun and it would be more interesting and then it just progressively got worse in that one year that I did it. So we moved up to Townsville and then I worked as a podiatrist for a year. Yeah, probably at the six-month mark. Ruan and I were like, okay, we need a plan. This is not going well. (laughs) (laughs) Like if you're crying in the bathroom at work, something's not right. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I was just very unhappy, very uninspired and
1: just not passionate about it. Do you feel like if you had have gotten a job in a different like area, like say like a hospital Mm. or something different that your experience may have been different or it was just the the job in general? Um, I think it
0: probably wouldn't have happened so quickly but I think eventually I would – have felt the same maybe the severity wouldn't have been quite so intense but I think I always had teaching in the back of my mind I think that's just always been where my interests and passions lie but I do like I speak to some of my friends who are podiatrists and they love it and the things they tell me I'm like oh that's cool that's cool I think maybe I would have enjoyed that more but I think I always would have I always would have been
1: fantasizing about being a teacher (laughs) yeah and you wouldn't have enjoyed it as much as you enjoy teaching yeah exactly how good it was or what field it was or whatever yeah
0: that's it I remember I was so scared to tell my parents and I remember Mm. telling you about it and I was like bawling my eyes out and then my stepdad was just like Salome I've always wondered why you were a podiatrist." (laughs) (laughs) I just felt so much better I was like okay thank you (laughs) same why did I do this honestly but it's definitely a hard pill to swallow that you've not wasted four years, but you've kind of like been on the wrong track for four to five years with the year that I was a podiatrist because you just feel like what a waste, like you made the wrong decision, you're an idiot. But now that I'm a teacher, like I'm so thankful that I did it. I'm so thankful that I had that experience. I, I know what you're saying,
1: but also people, they say that people only stay in jobs for like seven years. Mm. So really, it's not that different to just having worked a job that didn't require study, for example. Yeah, exactly. For a period of time and then changing careers. I, I yeah. don't think it's... I mean, the it's probably annoying, but... <laughs> Thanks, I forgot about that. Oh, sorry. It's <laughs> <That's> all good. <laughs> all right, this is a silly one. Would you rather be chronically underdressed or overdressed? Overdressed. So, like, you roll up to basketball and you are in heels. Rowan's basketball and you are glam. But then to work I would be, I'd
0: rather be, yeah, overdressed at work. Yeah. Because then you could always, people would just assume you've come from a different event. Yeah. (laughs) You're always at (laughs) fancy events (laughs)
1: 24-7.
0: Yeah. Because I think, uh, like, I mean, you do really notice when someone's way overdressed, but I think you look down on people more who are
1: underdressed hundred percent. I think that's, if you ever don't know what to wear to a thing, I always say that you'd rather be overdressed than underdressed. I yeah. think that's pretty standard, but for sure. to be chronically one or the other, it would be super annoying. It's not but ideal. You ha- you'd, you'd have to choose overdressed. I think as annoying as that would be. So you would as well? Uh,
0: sadly would. Yeah. Okay. Let me do a serious one for you. This isn't that serious, but I'm just
1: curious. What's your earliest memory of me? Um, year six. So at school it was two years or two classes each year and then year six they just had this influx and it became the three classes and that was when you arrived. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like you. I didn't (laughs) like you because um, my best friend at the time did and to me as a, as a 12 year old I felt like you were taking my best friend away and that was like a, a weird thing for me at that stage so yeah i didn't like her Well, I didn't
0: like you for the same reason, which is so weird because you and I never interacted, but that friend of yours who you were best friends with, um, I had become friends with her through my sister because they had some sort of friendship going on. And so when my sister told that girl that I was coming to the school and I was going to be new the next year, she had written me a letter saying, hey, I'm going to be in your grade. Let's be friends. And so we had developed some sort of friendship. And so when I finally came to school, we met and then we became best friends but I knew that you and her had previously been best friends Mm. so then your friendship and my friendship was like doomed from the beginning because (laughs) already we were like pitted against
1: each other I think it wasn't until what like year eight or was it year nine that we had German and then we were like oh actually hey, you're pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. We literally only had German together. Like we didn't hang out any other time. Oh, no. I was speaking to my
0: sister about us starting a podcast and I had made a comment about how we're not expecting many people to listen. And she said, well, will not your friends from school listen? Cause you're both doing this podcast together. And I was
1: like, um, probably not. I mean, we had none of the same friends. We hung out in completely different So because I don't know if it's because, you know, when you don't have classes with people or I feel like that happens a lot where and I think they do kind of like you you know how you used to write on that piece of paper and it would be like who do you want in your class next year and you could put like three people, your top three people that you'd want in your class next year. So you always kind of from that early age you were always kind of putting those same people in your classes so you kind of like a few people changed here and there but predominantly you had a lot of the same people so your mm. your core friendship group kind of stayed throughout even yeah into high school I mean obviously then you start to have different subjects and it kind of mixes up a little bit but then I left and I often think about that like if we had have been friends like differently in school and had more classes together or been more like would I have stayed at King's I don't know yeah
0: maybe do you think a part of why you left is because you weren't in a good group
1: um nothing really made me want to stay mm. and, I, and I think it just got to a point that I was so fixated on if I left it would be better school would be better I would enjoy it you know yeah. and then it was just like it wouldn't have mattered if I had to moved classes or It might not have even mattered if we had been in the same class or whatever at that stage. I think it was just so in my head that if I moved school, everything would be fixed. That was just this thing I had in my head, which obviously we know now not to be true. My dad loves to remind me because it's – not cheap moving from a private school to another private school. You got to buy, you know, the kilts, the blazers, the ties, the shirts, the backpacks, the laptops, the books, all that stuff. So he's always like, I was a good bunny spent sending you to Endeavour <laughs> after I lasted five minutes there. <laughs> but I mean, I don't regret moving schools. Like I think at the end of the day, I probably wouldn't have made it either way, but I think it just, yeah, wasn't, wasn't for me, but I didn't regret my, I mean, I do now because of, vaccine mandates but I don't regret my like choice you know I was able to work in aged care and I do think sometimes like it's my life took like such a weird turn like I just moved school and then when I left school I feel like I just grew up five years I left school and everyone was like you know still going to school and doing normal school stuff and then I was literally like bagging dead bodies in aged care and I was like fresh 17. I had said for a long time that I wanted to be a nurse and mum was satisfied that I would still be able to do that had I not finished through the aged care um, kind of route. Obviously, it's a lot more direct to just go straight to uni and then come out, but you then come out with like no life experience. You can definitely tell the people that have worked in healthcare before they graduate, whether that be a carer or an EN, because you're just a bit different. And I mean, there's still obviously heaps good um, or even better RNs that come out straight through uni, but there are a lot that come out and just have no life experience, can't talk to people, can't negotiate, don't have any kind of initiative or um, people skills in that way. Like, you know, you're dealing with aged community or disability community that, like, it's, you know, you can't talk to them the same way you talk to your friends on a weekend if you're just coming out fresh 22, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't regret my route, I guess, but just, yeah, school just wasn't really my thing. All right, how did you know that Ruan was the one for you?
0: I don't know if there was like a particular moment where I realized he was the one, and I don't know if I even really believe in the one. I think, I I think that you could be with a lot of people and make it work, but I knew that he was um, someone that I could spend the rest of my life with because. Number one, he loves God, and I'm a Christian, mm. so he loved God more than what he ever want, like loved me. So that like that was his priority was um, his Christian faith, which I really admired in him. He has the most integrity out of anyone I know, so that's something I really value in people is just consistency in different situations, and I really I really um, respected that in him. He he just never played games. Like he's very just pure in his. Intentions and his actions. He's, he doesn't, he never did the whole, oh, you can't text back now and leave it an hour and then send <laughs> an, an emoticon or whatever. Um, Do these yeah, ones to you? Yeah. Like, because I had before him, I just had been with boys who are my age, but just acted like children and just were always playing games and you're always second guessing and you just don't know where you stand. And it was just like this, like, anxiety filled situation. Um, but I thought that that's just how it was. I had been dating a guy in year 12. And he wasn't a bad guy. If you're listening to this, <laughs> you weren't a bad guy. But we just had different desires. We had different values, everything like that. And, But we were actually going pretty steady, I would say. And then I went on this Christian camp and I met that guy, Isaac. Mm. Do you remember this? Yes. Yeah. And it wasn't that me and Isaac started anything, but like I was hanging out with this guy and – instead of going on his phone and seeing pornography, I went on his phone and I would see the Bible app. Or Mm. instead of talking about girls and how they look, he would talk about him and his boys. And like, you know, it was just very, very different. And I thought after that camp, I thought, why? Like there is actually good guys out there. But at that point, I just honestly didn't, I just didn't realize that there was better out there. (laughs) So then I came back from that camp and I came to your house, I remember. And I was bawling my eyes out and I was like I think I need to break up with this guy even you agreed with the stuff that I was saying and I was like well I need to go and do it then Mm. so yeah I went and did that anyway so all of that to say is that that was the same situation with Ruan like I would go on his phone and I would see all these good things and he would be volunteering at his church and he would he was going on mission trips to Indonesia and doing that kind of stuff that I just thought surely that's just a movie thing but he's actually just a good person (laughs) (laughs) and we just I was very scared when we first started talking and like I knew that it would be serious very quickly Mm. because there was just no red flags and I could just tell that we could definitely stay together. That scared me quite a lot and I definitely was a slow burn in terms of how I felt about him. He was all in for me very quickly and he asked me to be his girlfriend and I said no. In fact, I think he even said, are you my girlfriend? I was like, (laughs) no. He never put me in a position that made me compromise my values as a Christian in fact he held me to those standards and and Mm -hmm. probably greater this will lead me well into the next question which is
1: what do you think your exes would have to say about you yeah I don't know I yeah I don't know I mean to be honest I feel like because of what they were like Mm. it would probably be not nice (laughs) (laughs) why change now you know I think it would be, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I would like to hope that because I I don't know now but I, at, there was points where I had seen that, you know, both of them had girlfriends. So I, mm. I do hope that they have changed or that the people that they're with now brings, you know, good out in them because I would hate for them to be, you know, those girls to be in a bad position too but – yeah, I don't I don't really know what they would say. I honestly, don't. I don't know if 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 they've grown and they would realize that they were really shitty and have something nice to say or if it would be classic manipulation and, you know, that I'm mm. psycho or whatever, I don't know. I really don't yeah, know. Yeah, true. It would be interesting to know. What about you? Oh,
0: yeah, I was just thinking I think The one from year 12, um, I do know that he did regret a lot of the way he treated me, but I think, I don't think he was a psycho. I think we were just young, you know, and there was definitely things that I did wrong too. And it wasn't at all just him. I think, like I said, our values were just different and I think we probably were, we probably just shouldn't have been in a relationship.
1: Yeah. I think when you actually think about it, like, I don't know that anyone should really be in a relationship so young, like. I, I just feel you've got so much going on at that stage mm-hmm. in your life like in the way of um, like even just honestly like hormones and you know there's just so much going on and you're you're trying to juggle yeah development and school and stress and all this stuff that you haven't necessarily dealt with a lot in young relationships it can be very kind of toxic because you Mm. you're managing you're learning to manage these hormones and feelings and you know all this stuff at one time and then you're trying to maintain a relationship that you've never done before you don't know how to do and then yeah I think it's just it's wild but I mean you learn from it you grow
0: Mm -hmm. and that's the thing is I think even though people probably told us to not date people at that age you're not going to listen to that because you you feel like that's that's the most mature you've ever been. You can't imagine knowing more than that or being more mature than that. You know, like you're at the pinnacle of your understanding. So you think that you understand everything because that's the most you've ever known. And then it's only when you look back 10 years and you go, oh my gosh, you didn't know a thing. You (laughs) know, Even when I think about me last year, I think, man, I've grown so much in that year. Like you can't, you can't get mad at like our teenage selves for doing that because we didn't know any better.
1: Which is funny. I think that was one of my next questions. Okay. Yeah, what is one thing you wish you could go back and tell your 15-year-old self? <laughs> Perfect segue.
0: I mean, I would tell myself so many things, but I think someone had told me those things at 15 anyway. I, I'm mm. sure my mom had told me those things or I had seen those. You know, at school we we teach kids that, like being a teacher, I, I teach kids these lessons or we have these – you know, philosophical moments. And it's just, I mean, I'm glad that we do it, but I just don't think you're at the capacity to hear that yet. No. And so I think even if I went back now and I appeared to myself in a dream and I was like, this is, it's Salome, <laughs> I'm telling you a message. I still think as a 15-year-old I'd wake up and go, whatever, I know what I'm doing. Even
1: even if it was coming from you though, because you know what it's like, you don't want to listen to what your parents say, you certainly don't want to listen to what your teachers say. Maybe you'll listen to what your friends say, but they obviously don't shit all. But maybe you yourself.
0: I think it would have to be something very particular for me to listen. Like it would mm. have to be that friend is not a good friend. Stop trying to be friends with them. It couldn't be something broad like, oh, don't care about what people think of you, you know, because yeah. it's not like applicable. It would be like that guy is a drug dealer. Stop
1: yeah, dating okay. him. <laughs> I, see. I see. And even still, you wouldn't because why would you, you know? You're 15. Yeah, fair.
0: What's one thing or like one thing you've come to learn that you wish you could instill in your 15-year-old self and like you would know that then?
1: Probably just to know my worth, Mm. to know that things could get better if I believed that I was good enough for that, if that makes sense. That's probably all I wish. Like I wish that when things got bad, I knew that I was worth more or that Mm -hmm. I knew that I was better than that or deserved more than that or it could be better than that kind of thing in that moment that's probably that's probably it.
0: Yeah, that's good cuz I think that translates into so many different situations anyway. Mm. Cuz then you're going to apply that to your job. If you hate your job, yeah. you know that you're worth something. Like your friendship yeah. groups, your the people you're dating. Yeah. The psychos you're dating. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Oh, here's a good one. Would you rather be on death row for a crime you didn't commit and the most important person in your life is free, but they committed the crime? Or you're free, but the most important person in your life is on death row for a crime you committed.
1: Mm. Now, the, the reason I'm struggling here <laughs> is because I'm thinking about Lily. Yeah. And I'm thinking while I would mm. be on death row for Caleb yep, in a heartbeat, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but I think I would be better <laughs> looking after Lily. <laughs> For the sake of your child. Um, for the sake of Lily, I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a hard one. If there was no Lily, mm. I would, I would, yeah, I'd take one for the team, I think. If there was Lily, then, I mean, he would be fine. I think I would just be better.
0: So you're going on death row and he committed the crime?
1: No, I committed the crime and he's on death row. <laughs> oh,
0: okay, sorry.
1: <laughs> if we have Lily.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, you Um, do. So that's your. And we do.
1: But at the same time, I mean, am I going to be that grateful, Lily, knowing that I've killed someone and Caleb's died? So I've basically killed two people. Yeah. True. For the sake of looking, you know, so that I can be the one. And I mean, he would do a he would do a great job. I think. Um. I will. I will take one for him. I think. Okay.
0: So he committed the crime, but you're going to jail.
1: Yep. Okay.
0: I'd probably do that too. Oh. Yeah, no, I would have to do that for sure. Next question. Whatever happened
1: to the guinea pig? (sighs) That guinea pig. Funny (laughs) you should ask. I had that guinea pig. So just (laughs) a bit of background for our people. Um, We went on a German excursion and we went to the central markets as part of that and just kind of on the – outskirts of the central markets there's like some little lanes and in that lane was a pet store in that pet store was a guinea pig in that you pet store was me going? buying a guinea pig <laughs> on our was a year nine excursion German yeah excursion. Um, so I think what we did was we got my friend Ruby to come and pick it up from the city. Um, and then.
0: But I remember it got dicey because the group was leaving and we had to leave, but Ruby was running late. And so you and I had to keep pretending to like tie our shoes and like store because Ruby wasn't getting there. And we had this guinea pig under your arm. It was so stressful.
1: Anyway, she gets this guinea pig and then, um, I had to tell my parents that we have to go to Ruby's house because she's bought me a birthday present and um, <laughs> we need to pick it up. Yep. So we go and we pick it up and it's obviously the guinea pig and she didn't buy it for me. But that was the the most logical thing I could come up with as to why I would have to keep this guinea pig because it was a gift. It was a birthday gift. It's Not rude to give it away. A, it's rude to give it away. So yep. um, we took the guinea pig home. I didn't have any sort of facilities for a living animal I feel like we might have even had dogs at the time. I can't remember exactly, but I literally had a plastic, you know, like those storage containers. Yeah. A big. I bought the biggest one I could buy because um, I think mom and dad were kind of like, we're wiping our hands of this. You've got the guinea pig. It's your responsibility. You know, that classic thing that parents say. So I, the only thing I could afford was this big plastic c- container. So I had this mm. massive plastic container and I put some like, you know, story shit in the bottom and – got a feeder and it lived in this container in my bedroom which stunk it stunk yeah, so bad stink, yeah. it just had and it wasn't I, I actually don't hate the smell but it's a smell and you know that that smell is like animal secretions so that lived in my room but then the guinea pig got to this stage where it, it could jump out so there would be oh. times I'd go to my bedroom to get the guinea pig and it wouldn't be in the container <laughs> It would be in my room somewhere. I vividly remember that my sister had like a heap of people that had crashed at mom and dad's house the night before. Everyone's like hungover and I go to my room. I'm telling the story. I got this guinea pig where I were and everyone's like, let's see the guinea pig. I go into my room, not there. So everyone's like looking around. (laughs) Everyone's hungover. We're literally crawling around my room like – and. I don't know if you remember but I I've never been a particularly clean person. So I the room was not particularly clean. So we're looking <laughs> through piles of clothes and under a messy bed and like just chaos looking for this stupid guinea pig anyway. Fast forward, I go to Queensland for a basketball trip. I come back from Queensland and there's no guinea pig. And apparently, I don't believe this. I can't remember exactly, but apparently, I didn't even go straight into my room. Like, I'd kind like, once I'd returned from the bus trip, I kind of forgot that I even had a guinea pig. They said oh. that I didn't even go straight into my room. Anyway, eventually, I'm like, oh, shit, my guinea pig. I go into my room, it's gone. The container's gone, the guinea pig's gone, 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 gone. And I'm like, um, where the heck is my <laughs> guinea pig? I left with a pet. I've came back to no pet. And I still don't know the story. Maybe I should actually ask. But apparently dad said that it bit him because I didn't feed it. And then they took it back to a pet shop. shop. So I don't know. Did they feed it to the dogs? Did it escape? Is it still living somewhere in my parents' house? Honestly, I don't know. I think I don't think I was overly mad about it. I think I was like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. But really I was like, thank God you did that. (laughs) I hated that stanker thing. Okay, here's your next question. Yep.
0: You get $1,000 per person you annoy. What is the fastest way you
1: become a billionaire? Mm. Talking to people about COVID. Mm. That gets people yep. real annoyed. Or my vaccination status. <laughs> yeah. Just go around and talk about it. and um, Or go around and say, why are you wearing a mask? To all the people wearing a mask in the shops.
0: Boom. Rich. (laughs) Rich. Or just yell in a shopping centre, climate change doesn't exist.
1: Yes. (laughs) Nice. That's a great one. I love that. And take your epic mask off.
0: (laughs) Done. I I was going to say just poke people.
1: Yeah, that's annoying.
0: But that requires a lot of manpower and I think you might get tired.
1: Time consuming. You'd get a sore Mm -hmm. finger for sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I feel like some people, you know, when someone's being annoying and you like try really hard to not get annoyed, you would come across stubborn people that are like, "I'm not going to bite here." I mean, I wouldn't yeah, be true. one of them. I, I bite. I hate it's when people p- poke me. Yeah, sometimes Ron pokes
0: me, and I hate it. I hate being poked because Frederick <laughs> used to poke me. <laughs> Frederick used to poke me in the
1: ribs like this. Uh, do you remember when um, Facebook pokes were a thing?
0: What oh, was my that? Gosh. Oh. Forgot about those. Why did you poke someone? I I feel like that was like like the first. Yeah, it was a flirting thing, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Someone so-and-so has poked you. That's weird. Why would you create that feature? That's
1: annoying. I've not thought about that since the last time I delivered a poke.
0: Wow. I bet you had heaps of pokes when you were at school.
1: Yeah, I had so many pokes. (laughs) 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 Why was that a thing? Facebook. Oh mate, get at me. maybe that? that's
0: why I've got PTSD, but I don't think I ever got many pokes. I think you were like quite um, cool <laughs> 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 and I was not at all.
1: Um, I don't really remember. I think things were kind of, yeah, I think I was not really cool in school. I was cool outside of school.
0: No, you were cool in school.
1: Mm. Well, why did I have no friends?
0: I think too you, cool. <laughs> you had this vibe, you had friends, but I think you had this vibe where like people were like intimidated by you um, and thought you were probably like too cool for them. I'm not even just saying that, but like, I remember people being like, oh, you're friends with Marissa? And I was like, yeah. And they were like <laughs> weirded out by that because I was so not like you. <laughs> like we were quite like a weird combination, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we funny. didn't really hang out at school. I remember we had heaps yeah, of sleepovers so, yeah. outside of school, but I remember there was only one time where I came and like sat with you in your group. But
1: then you're like, I'm not doing this again. Okay, what's the
0: thing you love most about yourself?
1: Um, I always find these questions so difficult to answer. Uh, I think I'm quite kind. Mm, you are. I think that I would I would, do almost anything for the people that I love. Yep. Um, I like that about my character
0: i guess good yeah. um i take initiative mm. Love that i quality. really appreciate that about myself because i appreciate that a lot in other people and i'm glad that i'm like that for
1: others mm. mm-hmm. that's a very um good quality to have what does the next two years look like for you in terms of life slash career goals
0: I'm currently doing my master's, so I will finish that middle of next year. Um, so that's what I'll be doing in terms of like career progression, I suppose. <laughs> we hopefully will um, have a baby at some point next year. Mm-hmm. So fingers crossed, pray for us, <laughs> would appreciate that. Um And Ruan is currently in his final year of studying to be a vet. I feel like he's been studying that course for
1: 10 years.
0: I know. Well, it's (laughs) been literally 10 years of him studying to get to this point. (laughs) his. It would be nine and a half years of study by the time he finishes. I'm so happy for him. I'm so excited for him. He's going to love it. Um, So that finishes end of next year. And then after that, we will look to move down south to hopefully be um, near the Sunshine Coast, near family.
1: What about you? Oh, I'm just so excited to watch the next few years unfold for you and Rue. I think it's going to be such a fruitful time in your lives and I just cannot wait to watch it all happen. Um, as for me, though, we don't really have a plan at this stage. I've just taken another year off of my nursing job mm, okay. um, with the intent to kind of spend some more time with Lily. And I think when you have a substantial amount of time off, It kind of just leads you to question and that's I guess where I'm at now where I'm questioning a lot of things and I'm reassessing a lot of things and just kind of exploring my options. So it's
0: so cool that you have had this time off with Lily just to settle into the new role of just becoming a mum. It's like such a new thing for you and you've just done such an incredible job. It's honestly been so cool to watch you absolutely nail this season but Really exciting as well that there's a few doors opening or um, a few different options for you moving forward that you hadn't considered before now. So, yeah, I'm super
1: excited to see where you go. This might sound wild, but I would love to be an electrician. (laughs) I would love to do a trade. Honestly, I'd love to be a chippy, but I just know that I am so weak. I'm so weak. (laughs) Should I tell you about the time that I went to the physio and he told me I have global weakness?
0: No, what's
1: that? Is that a diagnosis? I went to the physio. I can't remember what injury I had. I don't know if it was maybe my hip, a sore hip or something. I don't know. I went to the physio just for like some sort of assistance. And during that assessment, he told me I have global weakness. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I get out and I'm like, what the fuck is global weakness? So I Google it and basically global meaning like entire weakness. weakness. (laughs) So, my whole body has like a, a really low level of strength. It's So, obviously, I told mom that, I told Caleb that, and it's just been a running joke since. But, yeah, I would love to do a trade. I'm quite broad in that. But I think electrician would probably be the most realistic trade for somebody with global weakness. <laughs> so, I don't know. Mm, but I've got time, so I'll work it out. Oh, yeah, I got one. Would you rather find maggots in your kitchen or cockroaches in your bed.
0: How many cockroaches?
1: I feel like three is enough. Now, like five. Three. Five. Five. Enough that it's like they're here and they are specifically on my bed, not just one that found its way here.
0: And it's in my bed, not just on it.
1: Yeah, like in your pillow. Like on – yeah, there's, they're, they're, they're oh. around.
0: Cockroaches. Oh, I hate maggots. Did I tell you how I found maggots in my kitchen?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that that messed me up. That was so disgusting. Oh, and they're they're so hard to kill. Like at least with a cockroach, you can just like mortine it and then vacuum it up. Whereas mm. maggots, you can't do that. Like they're wet. They
1: are yeah, so hard they-
0: to kill. <laughs> Why do they do that? The best thing about a maggot, I think you even said this, was that it's the worst it's ever going to be when it's a maggot. That's Luckily right. it doesn't get yeah. worse. It only gets better. That's right. But still when there's like so many of them on the floor and they're That's all moving so at once.
1: Oh, it's so mm. disgusting. just everywhere. And then you clean them, you work your ass off, <sighs> you spray them, you clean them, you kill them, and then they're still everywhere. They're just they're there. There's one, there's one, this one, this one, this one. Cause I think it would be interesting to know the average amount of eggs or maggots that come out of a you know, oh. a birth session from a fly. You know, like how on <laughs> whatever, I don't know the terminology for this, but <laughs> um you know, on average how many maggots comes from one pregnancy?
0: Seventy five to one fifty.
1: That's a lot. That's a lot because they're so small and they just don't die. You spray yeah. them. Even when you squish them, they still don't die. They're so Why resilient. You, when
0: did you squish them? Why did you do that? I would not. I could not squish them.
1: So, me, I feel like there must have been six flies that laid babies that day in my kitchen. As I opened the cupboard door, they were just spilling out. And then when I further looked into it, they had already been spilling out of that cupboard and they were like... Um, in this particular house that we were in, there was like lino on the kitchen floor mm. and they had gotten between like kickboard of the cupboard and under the lino. So I pulled the lino back and they, they were there. And I literally, I, I was crying <laughs> hysterically. I don't blame you. I and I well. called dad, and I was like, what do I do?
0: That was the grossest part was that like I also, I didn't realize that they were in my kitchen and I was making a coffee. And then I realized they were like all around my feet. And like, that's what freaked me out. I felt like. They had, like, invaded my space. Obviously, yeah, I had they gone were coming into coming their- for you. Yeah, I had, like, oh, gone yeah. into their space. They were already there. but
1: No, you were there. It was your house first. <laughs> <laughs> they did not come into – you did not come into their space. Let's be clear about that. That is yeah, your house. Okay.
0: But then, like, so then I was like, oh, what do I do? And same thing, Ruan was not around, so I called him and he was like, you're just, just going to have to mortine them. But the only mortine I had was that stupid, like –
1: natural, natural one? one yeah like
0: what's the point doesn't like you're it, trying to kill it. something you don't have to be natural in that moment No. but they were slowly dying but just by heaps of them but then the worst part was gathering them together yes because the then gathering. they would like roll and roll and like and then I would have like a pile of them it would literally look like a bunch of wet tic tacs <laughs> <laughs> oh it's it so too gross much, isn't it? but then just it was like perfectly clean and then I would I went to get ready came back then there's four more i would yeah. be like, ah, kill them, go on, make my lunch, come back, three more.
1: Yeah. i like, where are you coming where? from? I just don't understand. Last question. When were you the most proud of yourself?
0: Um, Gosh, I don't even know. That's a really tough question. I think I downplay a lot of the achievements I have. You do. My family, like I'm from a family of very high achievers, so <laughs> to me it's just not a big deal succeeding in something, you know. Um,
1: but it is. It really is. And I think that's something you should change because – just because other people around you are doing great things doesn't lessen you doing great things. It just makes you all great.
0: I do know that I'm achieving things. I just don't know if there's been a moment where I'm like, oh wow, I'm so proud of myself. You know,
1: mm.
0: I was on my friend's podcast. I think about two years ago. Um, it was actually the first time me and her had really chatted, so it was it's quite an intimate meeting. Um, and she interviewed me about the eating disorder that I had had. And I was quite proud of myself for the way that I spoke about that because I think when I listened back to it, I could hear just how far I've come.
1: Yeah. And you you spoke really well in that podcast.
0: Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, that's probably one of the things that come to mind was yeah that or just any time that I'm speaking in a public setting because that doesn't come naturally to me. So when I do that, I'm proud of myself for doing things even though I'm scared. Yeah. What about you?
1: Similarly to you, I feel like it's a lot of small things, you know, mm. like I feel proud when I can stand back and look at this room and think like, pat on the back, you did this or, t- you know, the things that we did during the renovations or, you know, like little things. If I don't know how to do something, I won't just be like, I don't know how to do something and call it a day. I'll I'll find out how to do something like this room, for example, you know, I'll, mm. I'll learn how to fix a wall and I will go and fix a wall. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Or, you know things like that small things and and yeah. i think too maybe um being a mum, yeah being a mum to the leads. giving birth surely. yeah birth that was a bit effed up that's a story for another day <laughs> <laughs> all right i think that's it for us today let's wrap it up
0: thanks so much for listening everyone if you'd like to support us please find us on instagram at it needs to be said dot the podcast and follow us on whatever platform
1: you're listening to this on bye bye you <laughs>